podcast has done even other things that I don't even know if you know about, Christina, but it's allowed me for conversations with book publishers. I have had several conversations with publishers and agents as a result of having my show. It allowed me to connect with somebody in Hollywood to allow me to kind of be an extra on a movie, which was a lifelong goal of mine. Um, I did some social media for an independent movie that was a result of a person discovering me on my podcast through iTunes and Apple. Um, it's also allowed me to connect with some influencers in the space like Tim Ferriss and Gary Vaynerchuk, which I know 100% I would not be able to do if it wasn't for my show. That was my friend Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income talking about all of the amazing things that have come his way as a result of podcasting. And in the last episode, episode two of Become Media Maven, I spoke with Dana Malstaff, who pretty much told me, okay, Christina, just start your podcast already. And it was Pat who actually helped me step by step start it and execute it. And it's why you are listening to this right now. So we talk a little bit about that and we really dive deep into what Pat has done from where he started to where he is now. And he offers so much valuable advice. If you're not already a listener of the Smart Passive Income podcast, you definitely should be because I know so many people personally who credit their success to listening to his podcast. And in this episode, he is kind of taking us behind the scenes of his podcast and what has happened as a result of what he does. So enjoy. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Pat, you are a super busy man, so thank you so much for taking time to be on my podcast. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I feel a lot of pressure because I am learning everything podcasting from you, and now you are on my show, so I really can't mess this up. <laughs> yeah, I'm analyzing everything you're saying right now. No, I'm just kidding. No pressure at all. Like I've taught all the people who've taken my podcasting course, like we're just having a conversation, so I'm, I'm stoked for this. And can we talk, can I just plug Power Up Podcasting really fast? Because it seriously is so helpful. And specifically, I want to tell you why it's helpful. Because I was going through the modules and you really can't start one thing until you finish the thing before. So it really forces you to take action because if you don't, moving forward in the online course would be useless to you. Yeah. I mean, that's how I built it. And I literally show you like, this plugs into this and this is where you drag your mouse so that you can like it's really simple to do and as long as you follow the steps you'll get it done just just like you've done so congrats yeah i mean you do a really good job of dumbing it down but i think what makes your course different than a lot of others is that you make people i mean i don't want to say you make people but you kind of make people take action and a lot of other courses it's just like a whole bunch of information and then they're on their own to do what they will with it but yours, it's like, okay, I just taught you how to do this. Now you have to do this thing before you go on to the next. And that's super helpful. Cool. That's great feedback. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Okay, so let's talk about your podcasting life and how it all got started. So we know you started with the lead exam. 
Um, do you mm-hmm. want to sum up that story real quick since that was your first dive into the online business world? Yeah, some people might, might be like, what's the lead exam? It's, it's, <laughs> it's an exam that architects and designers and people in the construction industry take about green buildings, environmental design. I was actually uh, growing up to be an architect. Um, I went to school for architecture and I got a great job coming out of college uh, in the architecture world until I was la- laid off in 2008, like a lot of other people. And I had survived by creating an online business, helping people pass an architectural exam called the lead exam. And um, that business took off. It just exploded. And I'm so thankful for that. It was actually a podcast that helped me discover this world of online business. And I took a lot of their advice and I I took their trainings. I took their courses and I built this website and it it, it did very, very well. Um, Coming off of that, a lot of my friends and, and, and colleagues were asking, well, how did I do that? How did I build this website? How did I turn it into a business? Um, which was great for a number of reasons. The business was like, okay, the money was great and I was making two and a half times more than I was making as an architect. But more than that, the coolest thing about this was the fact that I was getting like these thank you notes and letters and I was getting rec- recognized for this. I'd worked so hard as an architect and not getting what I thought the recognition I deserved. And you know, architects, it's just how, it's just how it is. If I were to ask you, like who built your home or who designed your home or who designed the building that you work in all day. Like nobody knows that answer. But here I was helping people pass an exam and people were sending me handwritten notes saying, thank you for helping me pass this exam. I got a raise and a promotion because of it. My family is better off because of it. Pat, I owe you. I'm a big fan. I'm like, really? This is kind of crazy. And so that, that that's when I discovered that like if you help people and you serve people, like you will be rewarded for it and people will share you as a result. And so I've always implemented that in all of my businesses. And my next kind of foray online was to build a blog to just show people how all this was done and to just be be fully transparent, write everything about everything I did, everything I was going to do to build new businesses, everything I'm doing right, everything I'm doing wrong, how much money I was making in my income reports and where it was all coming from and you know why the income increased this month and why it went down this month, the whole thing. And that was uh, started in October of 2008 um, as a blog. Um, and then in 2009, I started a YouTube channel. I wasn't very consistent with it, but it was a channel that allowed me to create some tutorials and to show people how to do some things that were easy, more easily done on uh, visuals like video versus just written text on a blog. Um, and then in 2010, in, in July of 2010, I published my first episode of the Smart Passive Income podcast. And uh, I can't listen to that first episode anymore because it was just so bad, but I'm thankful <laughs> I did it because now 300 plus episodes later of that episode plus a thousand episodes of other podcasts combined later, uh, it, it has definitely become the primary way that people discover me that uh, my information gets shared. But more than that, the, it's the primary method that I build a relationship with my audience. Um, it's also a great way to collaborate and um, communicate and build a relationship with other influencers in the space. Having a podcast gives you an amazing asset to you know leverage, to invite people on, to have a, have a conversation with them. Uh, so a lot of my best friends now are a result of the people who I discovered as a result of having them featured on my podcast or me featured on theirs. And so it's just an amazing tool that it's been really helpful. And that's why I'm, I'm all in on podcasting. And I, even though I still do YouTube and I still blog, um, if you were to force me to just choose one, it would be podcasting for sure. Okay. Before I go into more on the podcasting, why is the very first episode so bad? Because it's just terrible. Like, okay, (laughs) I recorded that episode three times. I've, the first time I was, I was just like, I had no idea what I was doing. I knew what I kind of wanted to say. So I just kind of winged it and it was bad. It was like, there was ums all every, like, it's just inaudible. It is like bad. 
The second time I was like, okay, I'm going to write down every single word I'm going to say. So I scripted the whole thing and it was like 20 pages and I read it word for word and I recorded it and it just sounded so boring. I was like putting myself to sleep listening to myself and I'm like, I can't do that either. Okay, Pat, just now that I know what this episode's about, I'm just going to write down the bullet points of the things I want to cover and I'm just going to trust myself to create this podcast episode. So that's what I did. I hit record. I, I didn't edit anything out of that show and it just was bad because it's just you could hear how timid I was, how scared I was. But as my good buddy John Lee Dumas says, you got to get you, you got to be a disaster before you become the master. And I think all of us, whenever we try something for the first time, it's always going to be a disaster. I mean, no baby has ever walked the first time it stood up. No buddy has ever ridden a bike perfectly the first time they got on a bike. I mean, you have to fall off or or or, or at least stop every once in a while before you can get to the point where you're starting to ride. So. Um, that, that's, that's why, I mean, I, I cannot listen to it. Just, I cringe. I absolutely cringe. That's so funny. Well, you've come a long way then, Pat. And that reminds me, your story reminds me of when I was doing, um, my first live shots on TV. I remember the first couple of ones I tried to write out everything I was going to say word for word and memorize it. Cause when yep. we're live in the field, we don't have a teleprompter. So I was going to memorize word for word, what I was going to say. And after the first two times, I was like, this is terrible because if I say, but instead of, and, or, and instead of, but then I'm totally thrown off and I mess up the whole thing. And then from then on, it was like, okay, I know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to do bullet points. And I've done, I don't know how many thousands of live shots since then following that same guide. Like don't memorize what you're going to say. Just have your bullet points and you're good. And just trust yourself. Yeah. Okay. So why do you think you're blogging? You are YouTubing and you're podcasting. Why do you think the podcast is the one that drew a bigger audience than the other two? Well, podcasting has a lot of benefits for several different reasons, and I'll go over some of them right now. The first one is just in the nature of consuming podcasts. People consume podcasts for much longer. Therefore, your message, your voice is in their ears for much longer. Um, on YouTube, it's funny. If you have a peop- if you have people watching your video for more than five minutes – you're doing really well on, on YouTube. That's really good uh, and, and hard to do because when you're watching on, on YouTube, you have not just the video that you clicked on, but all these other suggested videos and all these ads and all these buttons you can click on to exit. So it's difficult to keep a person watching your video. On a podcast, when a person begins listening and if you've hooked them in the beginning and you've convinced them as to why they need to stay and listen to the rest of the show, I mean, they're going to listen to the rest of it. I mean, in the analytics, you see that, you know, you've help people complete 80 to 100% of your episode, which is sometimes hours or more. Um, and and it's, it's crazy how much more time you can get in front of people. So you're able to, with that extra time, just insert yourself, your message, your brand into people's lives for much longer. Uh, you're able to drive home those call to actions more often. You're able to build a deeper relationship with them too. And people begin to start to kind of build a habit of listening to your show because it's so much easier to listen to a podcast than it is to watch videos. For instance, when a person's on a commute or on a walk or at the gym, I mean, you are able to get in front of people in places that they wouldn't normally be able to consume your content if they're just watching videos or reading your blog posts. So the, those are the benefits too. But the reason why I think it, it took off was because of the ability to connect with other influencers who then will mention your podcast. And because there's a lot of cross promotion in the podcasting space, both in the algorithm, but also just in the nature of, of people. Um, I remember specifically being featured on uh, Yarrow Starks podcast. It was an earlier podcast in the business space called Entrepreneur's Journey. 
And um, when Yarrow heard about my story, it's really important to have a good story, as you know, uh, and you need to fine tune it and understand what that is. But when Yarrow heard my story, he invited me on his show and his podcast had re- already been in, in existence for a while. He had several thousand subscribers. So, of course, when he features me and I'm telling my story and I mentioned that I also have a podcast, well, people are already listening to that podcast. It's very simple for them to go and find mine on that platform and subscribe to that one, too. Plus, uh, iTunes and Apple will see people who listen to this also listen to that. So I get some cross promotion in that way, too, when I connect with these other people. And that was like the first one that really put me on the map. And I started to notice like really large spikes in my podcast downloads as a result of getting featured on another person's podcast. And so I was like, okay, I want to I want to share my story on another person's podcast. What can I do? And then I was featured on Darren Rouse's podcast over at ProBlogger. And that one was even an even bigger spike. He had hundreds of thousands of subscribers there, too. And so that exposure combined with people now listening to me and hearing about my message for much longer all added up to growth because in addition to the podcast itself, the fact that I'm now building a real, uh, what almost seems like a friendship with my audience, they're now talking about me with their friends and their own followers, the listeners that that is who I'm talking about. So people have now water cooler talk about, oh, did you listen to the latest episode of SPI? Oh, you didn't, you gotta check that out because he had this guest on who talked about this and I, I here's a link for it. You should go check it out. Like people are having those kinds of discussions and it's funny because when I started my podcast, I was only going two times per month or once every other week. And because that's all I, I had time for. I was blogging three times a week and, and inserting YouTube videos randomly here and there. So blogging three times a week, some random YouTube videos, a podcast every other week. When I went to a conference shortly after I started my show uh, and I started to get exposure for it, everybody talked about the podcast. Oh, Pat, dude, so good to meet you. I love your show. Pat, oh my gosh, that episode you did about this. I'm like, but what about my blog? I blog so much more. I, <laughs> I, I spend so much more time there. Can somebody please talk about my blog, not my podcast? But then I started to like really think about it. Wow, maybe I should take some time away from the blog and put it into the podcast now. And so it, then I started to go weekly. And that's when I started to see things even excel even faster. And um, it, it, it's just so cool to see how much it's really affected people's lives more than anything. But it does affect my business too because I use it as a platform to A, build a relationship, yes, but B, take those people back to my website so they can download a lead magnet or get involved with my programs or you know discover other things that I have going on so that I can better serve them from there. And it's so funny because when I go to conferences now, um, like I said, people come up to me and they talk about the show, but they're talking to me like we've been friends forever when I've just met that person. Sometimes I have to like, catch myself and go, I know we've been talking for like 15 minutes, but what is your name again? I can't remember. But like we just have this vibe and it's funny because they remember stories that I tell on the on the show. They, you know, um, they, they could just relate to it more. And, and, you know, I have people who will come out and go, Pat, I listened to your show. And, I, you know, I remember like this one episode you talked about how you were in marching band. I was in marching band, too. And so there's like these little connections that people are making. And, you know, that's how you build these big brands in the online space, especially personal ones, where now people are considering you to be like a friend. And even though you've never met them and they've never met you in person, they feel like they have because they're listening to your voice all day. Yeah, and you keep it fun with the little fun facts at the beginning. Those are fun and those probably help people feel like they really know you when they see you out and about. Um, 
Now tell me what came first or if these both kind of came at the same time as a result of the podcasting because a lot of your income is from affiliate marketing, which that obviously wouldn't work if you did not have a trusted audience. And you also travel a lot and do a lot of speaking. So I'm going to guess those are direct results of the podcast and the audience that you've built. But which one came first or which one do you feel directly relates maybe a little bit more to the podcast? Well, I mean, they both directly relate to the podcast for sure. But before the podcast started, I was doing affiliate marketing already, meaning recommending other people's products and earning a commission as a result of that. But I wasn't making a lot of money. When I started the podcast, which again, increased my exposure, but also increased the trust, the know, like, and trust factor with that audience, that really helped increase the affiliate earnings directly as well, especially when I do things like I have the founders of these companies that I help promote on my show, which the, the trick with affiliate marketing is it's tough because it's not your own products. I mean, that's the benefit. It's not your own product so that you can easily promote something even today uh, without having to create something. But at the same time, you have to work a little bit harder to help a person trust that product that's not even yours. So they have to trust you, but they also have to trust where they're going. And so by utilizing a podcast to then feature either A, how you use that product yourself and how it's helped you, that helps earn trust with that product, or literally featuring the founder of that company on your show, uh, it really helps to add to the level of like safeness that people feel uh, that people feel with, okay, I'm gonna buy that thing and it's, I think it's gonna help me. Um, but the speaking definitely came after the podcast. I don't think I would be on stage if it wasn't for the podcast because of a number of reasons. One, just it shows people that I can hold a conversation on a platform like a stage or a virtual stage like a podcast. A podcast is essentially a stage that you have, but it's just so much easier to to work with and book. And I don't have to travel anywhere but my home office to do it versus traveling to to go to a you know a conference somewhere to speak. But it definitely also helped me with my confidence in my presentation style and my communication. Um, it was a result of the podcast that I got my first speaking gig thanks to uh, Philip Taylor, PT Money, as he's known in the in the financial industry. He created a conference back in 2011 uh, called the Financial Blogger Conference, and he had heard about me through my podcast and a number of other people in the community who were talking about the show, and he invited me to come and speak and I was going to do a little breakout session for about 50 people at this at this event with about 350 people. But then two weeks before, he calls me. He goes, Pat, my closing keynote had had to bail. Do you want to do the closing keynote for everybody at the conference? And I reluctantly said yes and was nervous as all heck. Uh, so nervous to the point that I did what I did with the podcast, which was I scripted out every single word I was going to say, which you know I know you're, now that you're not supposed to do, but I was just so nervous. Um, but it worked out really well. And I was able to talk about my podcast on stage and even get more people to come listen. And that has definitely opened up so many more opportunities. I mean, the podcast has done even other things that I don't even know if you know about, Christina, but it's allowed me for conversations with book publishers. I have yet to publish a traditionally published book, but I have had several conversations with publishers and agents as a result of having my show. It allowed me to connect with somebody in Hollywood to allow me to kind of uh, be an extra on a movie, which was a lifelong goal of mine. Um, I did some social media for an independent movie that was a result of a person discovering me on my podcast through iTunes and Apple. Um, it's also allowed me to connect with some influencers in the space like Tim Ferriss and Gary Vaynerchuk, which I know hundred percent I would not be able to do if it wasn't for my show. So a lot of benefits of, of having a platform like a podcast for sure. 
That's awesome. I didn't know about being an extra in a movie. That's fun. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. It was um a lacrosse movie, very similar to Mighty Ducks. It's called Crooked Arrows. It's, it didn't do very well because it didn't have like a ginormous uh, marketing budget, but I was able to help take its Facebook page from uh, a few hundred people to over 150,000 people, which definitely helped. But um, you know, they they had me fly out to uh, to Massachusetts to go and be an extra. I got to meet a lot of the, the lacrosse celebrities, and I'm not a lacrosse player, so it wasn't like you know I wasn't like fanboying over anybody but it was just such a really cool experience and um and then i got to you know uh, utilize this re- relationship several years later because uh for a presentation i wanted to give in vegas in t- 2015 um which was uh significant because that was also the 30 year anniversary of the movie back to the future which is my favorite movie uh i wanted to come on stage in a delorean and i wanted to preface that with a movie that i wanted to play on stage that kind of had me going into a DeLorean and disappearing and then appearing live there in person. And so to help me film that, I, I reached out back to that same person who had that connection, uh, who, who I had a connection with in Hollywood. And I was able to film a short film. He was able to get a whole crew together of about 30 people to film myself in a little short movie that I wrote and, and directed myself um, that uh, that that was then played at the at this event and it was literally filmed on the same parking lot that back to the future was filmed on it was just such an amazing life like like childhood dream come true and i got to drive a delorean uh in that movie and then drive one at this presentation and that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for this podcast that this person found it's just kind of crazy that's insane i'm sure you were totally fanboying over that moment oh yeah absolutely (laughs) i was like hugging the car and i was like petting it and then I met like a Doc Brown lookalike who I was just like I, I know you're not the real Doc Brown but could I have your autograph like it was just it was just insane that's so funny did I tell you that my grandpa actually owned two DeLoreans are you serious yeah so like back in the day I was probably in elementary or middle school he had this old-fashioned car museum he had like hundreds of old-fashioned cars no and way to yeah in Marion Ohio it's like an hour north of Columbus and Two of the cars he had in his museums were DeLoreans. Wow, that's legit. Yeah, and he ended up selling selling them all, um, I don't know, maybe like 10, 20 years ago. I think he actually mm-hmm. sold one of the cars to Jay Leno, but I'm not sure where the DeLoreans went. Mm. Well, I'll I'm going to get one one day. I'm, I, am, I am planning on getting one one day. <laughs> I'll find out where they went for you. Cool. Okay, so besides smart passive income, you have a few other podcasts. You have Ask Pat. You have a food trucker one. You just launched one with your son. Yes, thank you. That's very cool. That one's been really fun, especially because, you know, I love to get my kids involved in the business and to just have them have fun with it. And, you know, it's so funny to see kids light up when they hear their own voice. And so I'm kind of playing on that and riding that way with my son at, at his early age to get him involved with just kind of the same things I do, just show him that there's all these opportunities out there. And the podcast called All of Your Beeswax is been doing really well season two is in production right now so we're we're right in the middle of that okay can you tell me your thought process behind that you're not doing it like episode by episode you're doing it with seasons yes and that's simply because in the nature of doing it with my son and and just batch processing and and just making it easier for us to do because i already have all these things going on i mean this is the only way that we'd be able to get it get it done Um, so we're coming out in seasons like it's like, it's like a Netflix show essentially. Um, and that's just one style of podcasting other, you know, in, in other ones, they come out 
weekly or biweekly. Some podcasts come out once every three months, but they're like four hours long every time because there's just so much research into them. The cool thing about a podcast is you can do it in any way you want. It's your show, and so it's up to you. Okay, and I also want you to tell me about Food Trucker because all of your, so you have Smart Passive Income, Ask Pat, similar, I mean, it's a very different um, structure than Smart Passive Income. It's like a coaching call. Yeah. But yeah, but it's, it's same topics, same audience, same audience. Yes. Yeah. And then you have the one with your son, which is about education, something that's important to you and your son, but then you have food trucker, which seems like so out of the blue. So tell me how that happened. Yeah. So food trucker school is a podcast for food truck owners or potential food truck owners to help them with marketing their business. I don't own a food truck. I don't have one myself, but I got very interested in the food truck space because in 2010, uh, I ran the second go around of what's called the niche site duel on my website. So the first time around I built a website publicly to show people how it's done and I did that and it did very well and, and that helped inspire a lot of people. So I, I did a second round. Uh, the first time it was about the security guard training industry. I created a website for that, which still ranks number one in the security guard training uh, rankings on Google. And Why did still you do that? Because of, there was just an opportunity there. I saw in my research, and you could you could dive into my website and see how it was all done, really, but it was done through keyword research to see that, hey, there's a lot of people looking for this info, there isn't some great information out there about it, I'm just gonna build a resource for that and help create the top resource for people looking to become a security guard. And so I built that, and in, in, in three months it became number one in Google, and it's still generating one to $2,000 every single month, hands off, I haven't touched it in six years. Um, the food truck website is a separate one that I created kind of round two, which is a little bit more involved. That one I've had to hire a, a team to continue to write and keep going every single week. But, um, that's been providing a few thousand dollars every single month through some products that we sell there now versus the other one, which is mainly driven through advertising. So, um, the podcast supports that website, foodtrucker.com, a food trucker without an E at the end, uh, that podcast which only has 29 episodes it was it was a series of episodes that we did over a year but the crazy thing is even though i haven't created a new episode in four years the pod or a little bit more than four years actually the podcast still gets three thousand downloads a month and to consider that like every month i'm now still able to passively help these people and then show them and introduce them to our evergreen products it's 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 pretty amazing now you might be asking yourself what like how are you even positioning this? You're not even a food truck owner yourself. Well, the, 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 the way that I positioned it was a website and a resource that was written by me uh, and my team to do as much research as we, as we could so that in case we wanted to create a, a food truck website or a food truck, uh, sorry, one day, we would know exactly how to do it. So uh, like, hey, I'm not in the, like I, I was very honest and am still honest on the website. Hey, I'm not a food truck owner, but I may want to be one day, which is still true. I That's like plan G in my, in my situation. Um, and I do have ideas and obviously I've, di I've, di I've dove in quite deeply into this world. So I know I would know how to do it, but, uh, the positioning was, I'm just going to go and talk to as many food truck owners as possible to discover exactly how we should do this. And so you can follow along if you want to do this too, kind of thing. So kind of like a journey kind of a website. And, um, most food truck owners are so busy every day, every day, they don't necessarily have the time to read but they absolutely have the time to listen while they're prepping their food and stuff like that. And the, the, just the download numbers are insane considering how little time is spent with it now. And that's how it's driving more sales. And you know, if you look up uh, food truck business plan and other 
keywords in the industry, I mean, you'll see that Uchucker ranks right at the top there. And so it's pretty cool. Now that's an asset that I've even had people want to buy from me. But the passive income is just so great with with little work that I'm just keeping it for now. But if the offer is big enough, I might sell it. But, you know, it's just it was just an experiment that uh, had done very well, like many of my other things and um, just wanted it to be there to show people how it's done. That's very cool. So why do you think it still is doing so well when you haven't released a new episode in years? Because it's evergreen content, you know. It's um, you know, the 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 cost, the way you do customer service, the way that a food truck is built, the the things that are in there. Even though there are regulations that change, which is the reason why we need to continue to upkeep it. And, and I have a team doing that. Um, there there are many things in there that are going to be evergreen that will be pillar content that'll drive a lot of traffic that never change. For instance, my most popular article, which was actually the first blog post that I ever published on that website, which took a lot of work and a lot of research, but it was. 50 food truck owners speak out, what's the number one thing they wish they knew about before they started their food truck? And so I reached out to, and, and here's the thing, I reached out to 250 food truck owners around the US, I emailed them, just simply emailed them, and I got four responses back of this question, what's one thing you wish you knew? I pitched it as, hey, I'm creating this website, I'm, I'm looking to put together a resource to help food truck owners, I'd love for you to be a part of it. Please, please answer this one question. I'll feature it in the blog post. I got four responses. And I was like, four to 250, that's that's not so good. <laughs> but a week later, I reached back out to the 244 people. Did I do my math right? No, 246 people uh, that didn't respond. And I got 46 more replies. So just by the nature of following up, I, I don't know if it was because people were like, oh, I guess this is real. Or, oh, I'm sorry, I missed that. Um, I got 50 people to reply in total and I packaged that all into one blog post and I just listed their their food truck and what they wish they had done and that went viral. It went viral on Reddit. Um, it is There's like 2,500 comments on it and that's still providing a lot of traffic to the website and um, you know, simple articles like that that are very useful can, can do very, very, very good and um, still years later that that's still a top resource in the food truck industry because you get to know from real food truck owners like what they wish they knew about. And isn't that something you'd want to know if you were uh, up and coming in the industry too? So yeah, that's that's kind of the fun story behind that website. And do you credit the keyword research and just seeing this need for security guard training and food trucker school? Like you see a need for it. So you know you can put it out there and not update anything for years and people are still going to find it? I mean – Knowing whether or not I don't need to update it for years, I mean, that's going to depend on the industry that you get into. I mean, I'm I'm lucky with the lead exam website, too, that that's something that there's only a finite amount of information needed, and that doesn't change very often. Um, but, you know, the keyword research was the start. That's what gave me the initial, oh, there's there's some potential here. And then what really needs to happen is you need to have conversations. And with, more with Food Trucker than with security guard training – I had to go and actually have real life conversations with people, food truck owners and people who were interested in food in, in food trucks to see what their pains and their problems were. And that's how what we knew to talk about on the podcast or on the blog. Um, that That's really the secret sauce to winning in anything is just really nailing down what the pains and problems are of your target market and providing things that can help them with that. Um, and if you can provide something that will help more people even later, then great. And that's the beauty of doing business and, and creating platforms online is that, you know, it's easily accessible. And if it's still useful and relevant today, then, you know, people are going to continue to share it and consume it. And, you know, Google can also help out or YouTube or, you know, 
the algorithms or what have you. So yeah, just you know, by putting things out there, you're you're opening up these opportunities for yourself. Okay, and just listening to you, I feel like it sounds like there's just so much work that goes into this, and you're taking a risk. And I know you like to experiment with this stuff, and it's like amazing that you can see these gaps and this need and things that really aren't even in your niche, like security guard training and food trucker school. Um, but so many people, I feel like they're listening to this and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, but that's so much work, but that's what it takes. And I feel yeah. like, <laughs> especially in online business, you know, just like in, in TV and you know, you watch HDTV and they redo this room and it looks gorgeous and you try to do the same thing and you're like, oh my gosh, that's a lot harder than what it looks like. It's the same for online business. Yeah, it's so much work. It is, it is so much work. But at the same time, that's what's going to separate you from people who just have dreams. Um, you need to do the work. I mean, with the security guard training website, for example, I didn't know the answer. It's like, okay, how am I going to help people in the security guard training industry? Okay, let me, um, it, let me put myself in the shoes of somebody who wants to become a security guard. Where do I start? Okay, I'm just going to call a security guard company here in, in California and ask them how to get started. And I literally called, because I found out that in every state in the US they have a different set of rules that you need to go through and different websites that you need to go to to kind of get approved and whatnot and, and background checks and things like that. Um, I just literally called every uh, a security guard training company in every state and I recorded those conversations so that I can write down all that information that was told to me and then I just put that on a website. So I literally went to the source to understand, okay, what it takes, and I just I just became the top website because it had the best information and this, the, just all the answers are right there. That's all I did. I found the answers. I didn't know the answers, so I went and I found them. The only way I knew how to do that on that website was to call security guard training companies and ask, um, and I wasn't even lying. I was like, hey, if I wanted to become a security guard in this state, can you give me you know an outline of the steps I, that, that I need to take? And I just... Boom, step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, six, step six. Um, some states, it was just one thing. Other states like California, you got to take a, an exam and all these other things. So that gave me access to, oh, here are all these programs that help people pass that exam. Let me call these companies and see how we can work together. And so I became an affiliate for some of them for the people who were getting their guard card in California. Like it's just, you, you just follow the, the path that you put yourself on. But unless you take action, you're just going to sit there and do nothing. I mean, the, the worst thing is expecting magic to happen. Like magic doesn't happen. There's no magic in this. There's hard work and creating opportunities. That's it. You know what's worse than that is when you expect magic to happen and then 10 years later, you see Pat Flynn with the security guard training school making passive income and you had the idea and you didn't do anything and you're not making any money with it. And it was your idea 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that being said, like if, if you do research and you find that somebody else had already done what you're doing, A, um, have that be a sign that like, hey, I, I did have a good idea and there is a market out there, but also B, realize that you can create a better solution too and you know, better in uh, a different solution. Sometimes different is better than just better. And so you still have opportunities. I think the best businesses that are out there are the ones that take kind of what somebody has already started and is doing kind of like not so good and just making it better. I mean, I wasn't the first person to create websites about how to become a security guard, but I definitely created the best one out there, the one that was the easiest to go through and had the the, the most up-to-date information. Um, and uh, it, it, it just made sense. Um, so, uh, because yes, you could probably even find a lot of that information scattered across the, website, uh, the web 
like if you really did the research. But I, again, what was the value that I was providing? I was just making it so easy for a person to get started. Um, and then I, I did some other things like, okay, let's put a job board on there. So I connected uh, with indeed.com, which is a job marketing website. And I, I embedded that on my website so that people can find security guard training jobs in their area. And every time somebody connects with a, a potential employer, I get like two or three bucks every time. And that has provided over 10 grand of income over over the years. Um, so, I mean, it's just like, hey, okay, people on my website, what do they need help with? How can I make that happen easier and faster for them? What? How can I make their lives more convenient? Just just go all out with answering that question and, and you'll win. I mean, it's just like what I was saying earlier about power up podcasting. It's you just make it so easy. Like, I'm sure I could have figured out how to do this on my own, but it would have taken me a lot longer and I would have been getting a bunch of different information from different places. And you just made it so easy and compact and organized and just amazing to execute. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. So wrapping up, Pat. So we've known each other for a couple of years. I've been on your um, podcast a couple of times. But now I get to see your face from across the country like every week, every other week because I'm in your accelerator program. Um, Can you talk about real quickly just the idea behind starting something like this? Because it is very different from anything you've done before to my knowledge. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely the first go around of doing something like a high-end mastermind accelerator program, which is really funny that I call it that because it, it, it does excel people's businesses. But the funny thing is we joke around a little bit that it's like the decelerator program because in order to excel, you have to kind of slow down a little bit and focus, which has been the common theme throughout everybody who, who's a student in, in the program. But, you know, the reason why I did it was because I wanted to, for the people who had already started their business but were just kind of like, almost almost there like finding some success but like realizing that there's so much more growth but just not being able to get it i wanted to create something for those people so that they can get it and those people like yourself aren't at the phase that you're like reading blog posts every day or consuming you know loads of podcasts every day. you're in, a, in in your business already and you're taking action and you just need a little bit of coaching to work your way through the sort of things that are going on so that you can begin to scale and grow your business better. And then I was like, okay, again, same question. How can I do this for that group of people in the easiest way possible? What would be the most impactful and what would make the most sense for them? It would be to actually connect in person and on a regular basis and get some coaching from me. Um, and so that's what I created. And, and you know, we um, accepted applications for it. We had hundreds of applications come in and I just wanted to focus on a smaller group to start with to see what that was like. And again, this is an experiment to see if A, I can be helpful for others in this way and in this capacity, but B, is this even something that I enjoy doing because I've never done it before, so how would I know? And so I'm putting myself out there and running a year-long program to see what happens. And so far, it's just been so incredible to every single week see new breakthroughs every single time from different people. Um, But more than that, to be able to be a connector for all these amazing uh, folks, I mean, just friendships are being made and partnerships are being made. It's so, it's so amazing to see. So again, it's just experimentation along the lines of how can I better serve my audience? And this, uh, people like yourself, Christina, are, are that that was a side of my audience that I wasn't serving in the best way possible before because many people on my website are, are at the beginner stage. But I also knew that there were these more advanced people who needed a different kind of training and that's where this came from. And I am obsessed with everybody in the Accelerator program. They're so great. Like, I feel like you picked them all just to make me happy. <laughs> because they're well, all they, so They cool. picked me, though. That's the thing. Like, 
I, I always, I'm like counting my blessings when I consider like, how am I able to attract all these amazing people who just seem to all have, have the same kind of values as me. And I just, it's because you, when you put yourself out there, you attract your tribe, you know, and then you give your tribe opportunities to meet each other. They're going to have so many great things in common uh, and be able to relate to each other. Like, I agree. I mean, this, the, the group of people who are in the, the program right now are just truly amazing. I love yeah. them all. No, it's awesome. So happy to be a part of it. Um, Pat, where can people find out more about you? Obviously, I'm going to link to all of this goodness in the show notes, all of Thank your you. podcasts and websites and everything else. You have so much going on. But where would you like to send people if they had to pick one spot? Uh, one spot would likely be smartpassiveincome.com. And you could see kind of what else is going on there. Um, and then at Pat Flynn on most social media channels, Instagram, Twitter, what have you, at Pat Flynn. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pat. Thank you. Appreciate you.